investor doing things on your own? How about someone working with a firm that isn't so responsive or in sync with your investment philosophy? My podcast talks you through all things financial. Look, there's stuff you don't deal with very often, but investments, insurance, and retirement is something we plan for each and every day. This is the Pennywise Financial Podcast, and welcome to the show. Welcome to the Pennywise Financial Podcast. This is Constantine here at Monarch Wealth Management with my co-host, Jason Georgiev. Welcome to the show, everyone. Today is Wednesday, January 11th. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Yeah, we're doing the show a little bit later today than we usually do, right? Yes, sir. So did you, and and you see I'm wearing my Bills gear, right? (laughs) You watched the game, I'm sure, over the weekend. Yep. Did you? Uh, Yeah. Sorry, you lost me. I was looking at Dow Jones Industrials. <laughs> you were thinking of different types of bills, right? You weren't expecting yeah. uh, the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Who did they play? Remind me, and I'll tell you. Do you re- you remember who they played? No, I don't remember what they ate for. They played New yes, England. Yes, they did play, they New, played England. New England. Yeah, you're right. And they beat New England. That's right. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, it's just weird how they have these wild card games and stuff. It's very confusing how they do the you know, how you get in the playoffs. And then if this team wins, then you have home field advantage. Then you have this, then you have this. I mean, they could simplify that a little bit. Don't you think? Well, you come up with the rules, <laughs> yeah. get it all set up and in place and put it out there. <laughs> I'm sure they'll use mine. Definitely. Over, of over course. What they're doing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What's going on in the market so far? Markets uh, year to date are doing pretty good so far. We have the Dow Jones at uh positive. Oh, I'll say that again. Positive. Yeah, man. I like that. 2%. Okay. And the S&P positive 3%. NASDAQ. NASDAQ. Positive 4.5%. Okay. And the Russell 2000, same thing, positive 4.85. Not Very bad. good. Not bad. Very good. I like yeah. the momentum here so far. The first... What is it? Maybe five or six trading days in the new year. Maybe a little more than that. Today's the 11th. But um, yeah, hopefully we can continue that trend. I hope so. I mean, what's, what's really changed though? Like, let's, let's think about it for just a minute. Like what, what is the biggest factor do you think right now impacting those numbers that you just rattled off? I don't know. Inflation still, recession fears. You think, Um, you think people are having are getting more comfortable with the, the pace that the Fed is raising rates? Well, when was the last rate raise? I think that was December. Early December? I don't remember when they meet. I think they usually meet around this this time of the month, like almost middle of the month, yeah. 10th or 11th, something well, like I that. Well, I think at the beginning when you see the rate raise, you'll see the markets drop. Mm-hmm. And then people kind of settle in where they are. And I think that's the point where we are right now. And that's why we see the markets doing a little bit better at this point, because people have settled in with that last rate raise. And now we're going to get cozy. They get cozy. And I think once they start hearing of another rate raise, then you see markets start to fluctuate down a little bit because people are getting nervous again. Well, you know, that's what I've seen. You think about that too. And if we, if we turn on any of the financial channels, I don't care which show you watch, Mm -hmm. The headlines are whatever happened that day, they make it seem like that oh, is the, the, the underlying reason <laughs> why the market is moving. So the, who usually reacts to news? Is it is it big time hedge fund managers? Is it people like, you know, on the street, the retail, inv- probably the retail investors, yeah. right? They get very emotional. Yeah. Uh, we have clients that 
call us up and and this has happened from time to time and say, geez, you know, I made 15% this year. Um, why am I not making 25? Yeah. Well, because this is your risk profile and you're not comfortable taking on that kind of risk to get that return. Oh no, I'm comfortable. I'm just fine. Okay. Well, you sure you want to, yes, I'm totally fine. Mm -hmm. You bump it up, you know, they get, maybe they capture 20%, they get a little bit higher rate of return. And then you have the market correction. Oh, wait a minute. I'm very terrified. I don't want to lose 20 or 30%. I'm I'm Mm -hmm. no longer comfortable. Wait a minute. So you're shifting gears, you know, high speed, throwing in reverse, putting in park. And if the retail investor is the one that gets very emotional, not the so-called experts, the ones that manage money, hedge fund managers, or people like myself and, and David and you. And if those are the people that get nervous, they tend to have smaller dollars than these massive hedge funds or mutual fund managers, right? Of course. So how can they say that these headlines are causing the market to drop or rise so quickly? You know, I mean, it doesn't, doesn't really make sense. You and I selling Apple stock today or buying Microsoft tomorrow is not going to move the needle. I don't care how many shares we buy. But multiply that by... A lot of people. Yeah, maybe you get some, you get some headway, I guess. I mean, what was that that, that happened with... Uh... The, uh, the meme stocks, meme stocks, where AMC was, yeah, and all the was, theaters that and was the your everyday stocks. investor, right? That made that happen. Typically was. Yeah. It wasn't hedge funds. No, you're right. You're right about that. So, and you know. know, the way that the news travels today versus how it used to travel, it was word of mouth. Hey Jay, you know, check out this stock. Mm-hmm. Now it's like you go into these, uh, you go into Reddit or you go into Twitter and you, you, you know, you do your searches and all of a sudden you're coming up with different ideas. Mm-hmm. I love when business owners come up with ideas that they saw on TikTok or and TikTok is a big one. Mm-hmm. I even, I mean, I have some pretty savvy clients that are business owners and whatnot that tell me these ideas that they got from TikTok and Twitter. It might be legal advice. Mm-hmm. It could be financial advice, or it could be even um, sometimes stock picks and things like that. And it's like, what are you talking about right now? Like you saw this on TikTok and you, and you, you want to go ahead and give it a try. Well, it's just another platform that you're looking it at is. something. I mean, if you go on some kind of financial app or something, they'll give you some advice. TikTok to me is just another platform where people get ideas. I guess. But here's what worries me about that yeah. is that people see it and they're like, oh yeah, Jay must be. So if you go on like right now and you make a TikTok video and you say, this is the way that you should structure your business legally. Yeah. You should, you shouldn't be an LLC. You should be a sole proprietor. People don't know your background. People don't know that you're not a lawyer. People don't go in and research it. They see the 10 second video. That's good enough for me. Jay knows what he's talking about. Look at, he's got 5,000 views. He's got 60,000 shares. This guy's legit. Like to me, that's kind of scary, right? Well, yeah, you should research what you're going to be doing before that's you my do point. it. <laughs> that's my point. But people don't because yeah. people's attention span is very short. Yeah. You know? So and, you're saying- a lot of people take these uh, 30 second TikTok videos or whatever they are, and they take as it gospel, a hundred percent truth. And yeah. this is the way it's going to be. And I think that's kind of, uh, I could tell you what, you know, <laughs> in most of my business dealings, especially as time goes on, the, uh, the more that I deal with different aspects, whether it be the IRS or attorneys or banks or this or that, mm-hmm. it's all about presentation. Mm-hmm. How charismatic, how confident, how sure you are of things. And you could be completely wrong. And people are like, you know what, that Jay. He, he sounds would, great. He sounds good. He's really polished. Yeah. Even if you screw up, they're like, oh, maybe it was just a weird thing. Jay yeah. knew what he was talking about. <laughs> 
It's like, no, you, you know, just take a, take a step back. People don't want to be patient yeah. and, and look at all the scams that are still being ra pretty rampant, you know? Yeah. Oh, we're always going to have Sam Bankman freed. I mean, people like it doesn't end. No, no, no. Doesn't end. Okay. So we, we talked about the momentum of the big sectors in the market. How about some of the other sectors that we like to take a look at? The financial sector, the XLF year to date is up 3.8. I like that number. The XLE, the energy one is up 4.3. That's the ETF, Energy Select Spider ETF. That's 4.3%. That one. You know, I remember talking to you about that one before. Absolutely. You know, when you had oil and gas and, and you looked at last year and what was happening and it was up 60 some percent and yeah. came down to maybe around 33 or so, whatever it finished last year, still a nice positive number. And I think people um, thought that that was more of a temporary thing that, you know, this, this inflation type period is going to be more transitory and expenses and costs will go down. I can tell you, this is a, a fun fact. I still have oil heat at my house. You knew that, I think, right? Yeah. I'm converting to um, a gas a gas system. I had uh, gas lines run a number of years ago, and I'm finally getting around to converting my oil-based oil furnace into a natural gas. Uh, I'm still waiting on my well, HVAC guy to do you, that. You have the ductwork in place for the- I do. For everything, because it's a forced air- Correct. Oil furnace. So you're just basically switching to forced air, probably high efficiency gas. Yes. Right? Yeah. We're at a 80% efficiency right now furnace, yeah. which kind of sucks, but yeah. you know, it is what it is. Came with a house and uh, we've been there now 10 years. So it's, it's time to upgrade. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I guess the reason I bring this up is we talk about the XLE and a couple months ago, I put in oil, did a fill up. And it was about the same level I'm at now. Mm -hmm. Cost me about 750 bucks. This is about two, three months ago. Mm -hmm. How much do you think I paid for oil now for a fill up? Uh, maybe a thousand. $950. Yeah. Just that, about just the same amount ago? of oil. It was about two months ago. Two months ago. So there was this dip and, the, and that happened. And we saw that in the, in the energy spider in the sector itself, that mm -hmm. prices kind of took a dip. Yeah. That was temporary, you know, and I think that takes time to digest. We still have clients that own positions in the energy sector, and I think that's going to be a place to make some money. Uh, I don't know how long that run will continue, but again, it plays with that same theme, that dividend paying type of stock, the boring stock that didn't really do anything for the last decade is really starting to come into favor. And of course, the the war doesn't help. You know, you think of energy costs and what's going on right now. Yep. In Russia and Ukraine. But anyhow, so let's go now to the XLF. That's the financial select spider. Again, up 3.88%. A sector that we felt poised and excited about last year didn't really happen. The year to date number on that, I think was down maybe 14% or so. Mm -hmm. But um, this year so far, it seems to be off to a pretty good start. Again, dividend paying. I know bank stocks and bank earnings are going to be coming out soon. CPI numbers are coming out this week. I'm hopeful that the earnings will continue to improve. The one thing to consider about banks we talked about spending and whatnot last week. I shared that story um, while I was waiting in line behind a guy that was kind of checking his receipt to see if he could buy that candy bar. Yeah. They said a lot of research that credit card balances have increased. And I know you, when you and I talked, it was more about the temporary, like the holidays, let's buy a bunch of gifts yeah. and kind of pay it off. 
But we're going to find out, I think, in the next month or two, if people are actually doing that. They might have done it in the past, but I think that balances are going to carry. reason I point that out is in the financial sector is if we start to notice that these balances increase on credit cards, mm-hmm. you might start to notice some defaults if unemployment continues to go up. Tons of layoffs across the board, not just tech. It's starting to spill out into other sectors mm-hmm. as well. So. I want to keep a watch on that. That will impact financials. Now, tons of layoffs indicate less spending from the consumer, right? That's why people are laying off. It should. I mean, that's why customers are laying off. I think part of it is still this um, feeling the aftershock of of COVID and and the ramifications of what happened there. Think about it. We were locked in place for essentially a year or two. Mm-hmm. I know that China still has lockdowns here and there. They're controlling people, you know, mask this, mask that, vaccine here and there. I don't know how yeah. many vaccines they have, but, um, you know, that, that plays a role in how you do things and how you live life and how you spend money and where you spend money, right? People did stuff online. They ordered groceries online, didn't want to go to the stores. I think for the most part, we're pretty, pretty much back to normal. Mm-hmm whatever normal is it's, but it's different, right? People are still, Yeah, I know me personally, I used to take a trip every, every quarter, every three months, I'd go somewhere for at least a week or so. Yeah, We'd go out of the country. I mean, I went out of the country last year once. Well, you're not flying anywhere today. No, how about that? We're going to get to that in the next segment. Yeah, I know we have some That's stuff crazy. going on with the airlines. So how about real estate? Real estate, we know last year did not do well. I don't think that prices of real estate, and we talk about this often, mm-hmm. are going to come crashing down like they did in 08. It's not yeah, going to happen. I don't think so. So far this year, that sector is up about 5% so far and just about 10 trading days. So I like the um, ramifications of real estate in this type of environment too. It tends to be a pretty good hedge against inflation. How about gold? That's the GLD. Year to date is up 1.98%, almost up 2%. So pretty much- Everything across the board that I've been reading is green. Three plus, four plus percent, five percent in real estate. We haven't said that in a while. All right. This is the, (laughs) this is the, the uh, 800 pound gorilla in the room. How about the fearless Bitcoin, grayscale Bitcoin trust? What's that thing doing? Any idea? What would you guess? I would say down. I would say down too, except if you, if you dive into it year to date, it's up 17 and a half percent. 17 and a half percent. Well, let's put it into perspective. Last year it was down almost 70%. Yeah. Okay. So we've got a long way to go. To break even. To to break even. (laughs) Yeah. Even a 50% rate of return is not really going to do much. So a lot of work there. And I do feel like, I don't know what your opinion is, but in the headlines, in the news, in the paper, you don't hear that much about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies as much, especially after Sam Bankman-Fried. Um, we know that there's still some some problems mm-hmm. with the currency. There's still some problems with the systems. I know Coinbase just had a big layoff. Yep. People are moving their assets out of Coinbase type platforms mm-hmm. and doing like these, uh, what do they call them? Cold wallets, putting them on a thumb drive, throwing them in their safe. Mm-hmm. I guess it's the equivalent. This is the way it was explained to me by top executives, of course, um, (laughs) is basically instead of having a wallet on uh, Coinbase, it's like taking cash and throwing it under your mattress instead of having it in a bank. I mean, are you earning interest at Coinbase on the money that's not invested? Uh, You can. They have a a cash alternative, I guess. It probably makes a minimum amount of interest, but these banks are starting to pay something out. Like, 
in money markets and CDs, short-term CDs. Yeah. At a local level, I mean, I've seen one and a half to two and a half percent, sometimes two and a quarter for a three, four month CD. Yeah. We can shop out rates. Obviously, we mentioned that before on the show where we're grabbing three and a half, four and a half percent on a CD short term, you know, under one year, which I would consider that short term money. It's not a bad grab. No, it's not keeping not up with all. inflation, but you're not losing principal. So it's not a bad place to park some yeah. money. As opposed to investing in the Dow where you were down 10 percent. Correct. Yeah. Correct. All right. This is a good spot. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with the show. Do you want help building and managing an investment portfolio that's right for you? One that will help you maximize growth potential while you're saving, help you generate income when you need it most, and eventually preserve what you've saved to leave to your beneficiaries? We do this day in and day out and take the stress and responsibility of making those decisions off your plate. Subscribe to our newsletter, read our blog post, and listen to our podcast to get a flavor of how we do things. Our firm is unique and capable of handling all your investment and insurance needs. Monarch Wealth Management, our guidance, your future. Welcome back to the Pennywise Financial Podcast with your host, Constantine Kitchernos, and myself, Jason Georgiev. Mm. How was that? A nice warm welcome as I take a sip of coffee. <laughs> cold coffee. Yeah. Well, mine's not cold. Mine's cold. So you gotta get you gotta get the insulated mugs. I don't mind cold coffee though. That's all right. Okay. Well then never mind. I drink it all the like every type of temperature. <laughs> Hot, cold, mild, doesn't medium. matter. Frozen popsicle coffee. Okay. Pops. Oh, yeah, okay. it's fine. Well, okay, well, we'll go with that. To each his own. How about real estate? We we mentioned that real in estate. the in the in the last segment. We talked about the sector itself and the performance. Last year was not not something to get too excited about, but this year, off to a good start. Mm-hmm. And I know that real estate is on your mind because you're thinking about yeah. buying something soon. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm just worried about the rates. I mean, the mortgage rates now have gone up and we're going to be paying more. I mean, the rate increases, if I were to get a thousand dollar a month mortgage has gone up to about 1450 now. Wow. So an increase of like around $400 on my mortgage from the rates that we had. So think about that. To put it into perspective as a percentage of your payment, you said it was about a thousand dollars a month. Like, Maybe a year ago? Yeah, when rates were at like low. And now that we have rates that have gone up, you know, from 6. let's say five, eight, three and a half, four percent to yeah. now six or seven plus percent. Mm-hmm. But um, that two or three percent increase in rates changed your payment that by much. almost 50 percent, 40 some percent. Yeah, like crazy. It's a 40 percent increase. Yeah. And how about now, you you probably know this better than I do, at least at the local level, because I've been looking at, in Florida for another property. Yeah. And uh, I know that prices there have come down a little bit, maybe 10 or 15%, but just nothing like to here. get too excited about. Same I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, just like here. About the same, just a little bit. About the same. You see some some properties out there that are just, we, we just saw one house that we really liked, but the, the price was super inflated on the house and they had an open house. We went there and we met with the realtor and she's like, we just dropped the price. We realized it was, it was way too high. So they brought it down by $30,000 on the first time. Wow. They did it. How long was, was it listed? Um, it was only listed like two weeks, I think. Oh geez. And they brought it down because nobody was biting at all. Well, sure. They got nervous. <laughs> the house needs you know? a little work. You know, yeah. it's been revamped. It looks like, but it wasn't revamped really good. When I looked at the house, we went in it like 
needs a lot of uh, touch-up work, big time. So, and for that price, we were just like, no way. It's not going to happen. Even after they dropped it, we were like, no way. It's not worth it. Well, in the last year or two, mm-hmm. the trend was, you can't see this house. Do you want to buy it? It was just listed at three o'clock this afternoon. You've yeah, got exactly. two hours and I've got about 50 offers. Do you want to go in? Yeah. And you're going in at 20 or 30,000 over ask mm-hmm. and you might probably still lose the property. Yeah. And if you were selling your house, forget about it. You're done. Mm-hmm. If you had a contingency, like you had to sell your house to be able to afford the new one, you're done. Mm-hmm. You're not even in the running. Yeah. It's not a cash offer. We had people doing all kinds of stuff. We were helping them with it. Uh, temporary funding, bridge funding. They were borrowing from their 401k. They were mm-hmm. borrowing from their IRAs. We were doing lines of credit against their investments, all kinds of things that we don't normally do. And we don't yeah. get paid for that stuff, but it's part of the relationship and helping our clients try to try to live the American dream, which is for a lot of people buying a house. It's one of the biggest purchases you'll make your entire life. Mm-hmm. Besides maybe a car, because now cars are going for 50, 60, 70,000 plus. Yeah. Yeah. I heard from somebody that just bought a brand new vehicle and they said the brand new cars are cheaper than the used cars. (laughs) And that happened with my brother-in-law. Yeah. I just, I can't, I can't wrap my head around that. How, why? I think because there's not enough inventory as far as used cars go, I guess. I don't know. So... I could buy a car that's one year old for 40,000 or I could buy a brand new car for, for 37. 35, 37, yeah. something like that with newer technology, more efficient gas mileage and this and that. That's what I heard. Now, what kind of has me a little anxious, not going to lie. And I heard this on the radio on the way uh, coming in. I listened to some other podcasts. They talked about Mercedes Benz and their commitment to EV and not just Mercedes. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you look at Ford and GM and a lot of the newer vehicles that they're going to make probably in the next five years are shifting to EV or EV only. Mm-hmm. I'm scared. I don't want an EV. Yeah. Not yet. And, and, you know, people, the advocates that will say, geez, wh- why not? Don't you want to save the planet? Yeah. Are they driving an EV? <laughs> oh, no, I can't do an EV. Well, yeah. why don't you take the bus to work, Constantine? Why don't yeah. you, you know, take public transit? Why don't you walk or bike? Well, it's not an option for me. What are you doing? Oh, no, no, no. I have to drive. I need a car. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's okay for you. Uh, do what I say, not what I do. You see a lot of that. And um, But Mercedes-Benz is really making a, a big commitment to that that they're pushing in that direction. Mm-hmm. And they're also partnering up with, I guess, the company ChargePoint mm-hmm. Technology to implement these charging stations. I wonder if we're going to see at some point the gas stations having charging stations, like the, are they like turbo charging stations? Cause we have them out in Victor. We have yeah. them at Eastview mall. We have them over there by the, uh, right near the thruway. Yeah. But what I've seen when I'm doing shopping I've and whatnot seen them at Eastview mall. is I see the cars hooked up and I see people outside their cars on their cell phones, waiting, waiting, waiting. Yeah. I mean, if you got to wait two to four hours for this thing to charge, like to get a full charge, if you're going across country or, or even down the thruway, mm-hmm. how realistic is that? I don't think it's realistic at all. Not yet. I don't think. Maybe 20 years down the road. I don't think the technology is there. I don't think that we are going to be able to handle everything coming out as all EV in the next 10 years. Do we, do we even want it or do we need it? And, and then we talk about prices. So you, t- you mentioned prices. I heard that on average, this was also part of the podcast. I didn't do the research on it myself, but the average cost difference between a gas-fueled vehicle and this EV alternative, 
mm-hmm. is about fifteen to seventeen thousand dollars more for the vehicle for the electric vehicle than yeah. the gas. That's what version. I mean. It's not worth it. So then the the idea is well, you think of all the money you're going to save by not having to put in gasoline. Mm-hmm. Well, you still have to power something to charge your battery, correct? Yeah. All so our what's the cost of that? Coal plants. I mean. So what's the cost of that? And how clean is that energy? So yeah. when you really dive into it, is it really a discussion about saving the planet? Is it, is it really, no, you know? It's, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. It, to me, what I've noticed is it depends on which party is in office and what you see come about. The Democrats are big on this electric vehicle, save the planet, Captain Planet and everything like that. And the Republicans are less toward that. They're more for big oil and, you know, oil companies. Let's drill. We have so many resources. We should use them to help improve our lifestyle, our economy, everything. Um, And I've seen that in the electric vehicles too, where when the Democrats come into office, all this EV all of a sudden, all my plug powers doing great all of a sudden, you know, this and that and (laughs) everything's jumping and yada, yada, yada. And you see less SUVs coming out or this and that people are buying cars. People are not buying the big vehicles because they're more EV friendly, but then the Republicans come in office and it reverses, you know, it kind of goes quiet dormant for four years or eight years, however long they're in office. And then, you know, the Democrats coming back in power and all of a sudden plug power is doing great again. Well, how about you know? climate change? How about climate change? You know, we, yeah. we, we look at what's happened. I mean, we don't really, we haven't had much snowfall, if any, right? But what do we have? A couple inches maybe Yeah. so far. And yeah. uh, now it's early in the year. It's January, but, but this has happened before. I guess <laughs> when you look at a city that's only 60 miles away, Buffalo, they've gotten hammered not once, but twice. Yeah. Two major, major storms where they had four to six feet of snow with drifts. Some people had eight feet. They couldn't open their front doors. They got, pl- that's, imagine yeah. for just a minute, you have an electric vehicle uh-huh. and your power's out, yeah. but you got to go and get to the hospital. You got to go and help a family member. You got to go out and get some food and groceries. Oh, you're not leaving. You're no. done. You're, you're sitting put. Yeah. And I had people that had generators. We have a lot of retired folks, you know, that, that needed to have that plowed out. That was that snow cover that fall. When you hit six feet of snow that covers your, you know, your generator outside that could cause issues. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know if we're prepared for that. And, you know, I guess advocates of it would say, geez, Constantine, you really don't want, you don't care about the environment. And that's not true. Yeah, That is not true. I just think we have to be careful and thoughtful on the planning and how we're going to implement this. And be realistic. To make it more, to make it realistic. Thank you. Exactly. Anyhow, enough with the EV. We've, we've <laughs> hammered the crap out of that thing. Um, so we have tomorrow CPI numbers are coming in that will tell us a little bit more about the direction I think of stocks. Mm-hmm. And in the first segment, we talked about one of the biggest factors right now in the market. And I really think it has to do with interest rates. Mm-hmm. The fed has been in control of, you know, if Jerome Powell is on TV, whether he's speaking here or in Europe about the general consensus of the economy, inflation and where rates are going, he's speaking, the market's going nuts. Yeah. I right. Know. And That's it's usually it when he talks, the market goes down. Yeah. Now we've seen four or five trading days of positive momentum in the market early in the year, last few days. And the NASDAQ is one of the benefactors of that. Not crazy increases, but little little by little every day. slow and consistent. If we continue down this path, we might end up with with an 8 to 10% return pretty much across the board. But they're still saying a lot of these uh, companies are way overvalued, still like 20, 25%. 
there's probably some truth to that. You know? I think it's I think it's going to come down to very careful stock selection. This is where stock picking and choosing the right investment will really matter. Mm-hmm. And this is where I think people get frustrated because they pick the wrong stocks. They pick the wrong investments. They don't know which funds to go into. Should I be more value? Oh, no, wait a minute. Value is not starting to slip. Let me sell everything and go back to growth. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, growth is going. And they make mistakes. Yeah. Carefully stepping back. And this is easier for us to do as a professional, as an advisor, to make a clear assessment and remind our clients of our goal, our targets, and where things are going than for somebody that's in the middle. Imagine operating on yourself and getting nervous when something goes wrong (laughs) or or helping a family member. No, you have a doctor that's doing it. And that's why a lot of the doctors will not operate. Obviously, I don't even think you can on their relatives or their spouse, their children. It's too nerve wracking. Yeah. You're not able to think clearly when it's your own scenario. And have the That's emotion. why people hire us. It yeah. doesn't mean that we're any smarter than they are. It doesn't mean that, um, you know, a physician, a doctor knows any less than we do. It's, mm-hmm. it's not the case. We deal with this every single day, but we have a way of looking at things with a sharper lens. Maybe that's not so Emotional. dependent on emotions. Yeah. Correct. So we have that coming into play. Capital markets, M&A activity is going down. Good news about the U.S. economy. It held up fairly well in the fourth quarter. So in the last three months of last year, loan demands remained pretty steady, up about 3% quarter over quarter based on the Fed data. And stocks have performed relatively well in the recent weeks. And we've seen that hold true early on in the new year. Mm -hmm. So I like that part. If we shift gears to the Wall Street Journal on the front page here, We looked at some non-farm payroll gains and, you know, it says the U.S. economy added 223,000 jobs in December, Mm -hmm. concluding the second best year, second best year for job creation since 1940. When you read that, you got to get all excited, right? Oh, the things are fantastic. I don't think so. You know, headline news, when you read it, you know, at first it might grab your attention, might grab your eye. Those figures going back to 1940. Sounds great, right? I mean, the economy's got to be booming. I don't think so. I think we're still adjusting to the COVID mandates and just life in general. Mm -hmm. Things are different. Spending is different. Habits are different. Yeah. Job gains, wages show cooling signs. So again, these are headlines in the journal. When you dive into the details, I think in the coming weeks, we're going to know a little bit more about what the Fed will do. It seems like they have a the tempered approach. They're going to remain pretty consistent. They've been pretty vocal on what they're going to do. I think that the rate hikes are going to start to slow down mm-hmm. and kind of even out, let the economy digest, and we'll see where things trend. I like what I've seen so far in the first few trading days in the new year, though. I think that would be great if they just uh, cooled things down and the next rate increase they were planning to say, we don't need it. We're going to wait. We want to see how things are going before we do that. So maybe push it off to the next one. You know what I mean? I honestly don't think they need to go anymore right now. I don't either. You know, I was, I was an early, an advocate of early hikes, heavy hikes, like early 4% right off the bat. I was like not popular (laughs) at all. I got tomatoes thrown at me, but yeah, I was, I was an advocate of, of raising, and hiking early and often and at pretty dramatic levels, one, one and a half, 2%, yeah. um, so that you could get those hikes out of the way. But what that may have done is it may have put us into a recession pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, but the thought behind that was, okay, let's get into a recession so we can quickly get out of it. Yeah. 
Um, I don't know what will happen. There's still a chance for a soft landing and meaning that the economy doesn't get into a, this kind of shock and panic and have people, you know, default on loans and be out of jobs and more layoffs. And it's kind of a trickle effect yeah. and it's hard. What do you do at that point? You lower rates. That might be possible. Yeah. I mean, once to jumpstart the point, economy again. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if it'll do much. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think if we don't do another rate hike right now, I think we can avoid the recession. It's possible. Or maybe we were in a recession. We won't know again. Maybe. But I, I think I it know. may be a mild and shallow recession. We talked to yeah. some other market pundits that say. I don't see anything crazy. This coming, year you know? is not going to be a horrible year, but we yeah. might look into things happening next year where it might not be, a, you know, such a great year. Last year was not a good year. Well, that's Nobody was excited. That's election year. <laughs> well, that brings about all kinds of questions. Yeah. Being right about the election, wrong about your investments. Again, not trying to get too political in making sure that strategies hold up over time. Yeah. And we've looked at studies over the past 50, 60 years. It doesn't matter. You can make money regardless of who's in office. It just may change the theme of your stock selection. Mm -hmm. That's all. Yeah. With that, I think that's all the time we have for today's show. Thanks again for listening to the Pennywise Financial Podcast. Constantine here at Monarch Wealth Management co-host. With me today is Jason Georgiev. Today is Wednesday, January 11th. Thanks again, everyone. Until next time. Until next time. You've been listening to Pennywise Financial, brought to you by Monarch Wealth Management. Constantine and David really care about their clients. They want to make sure you're happy, so you'll continue to hire them. There's no commitments, and clients are free to leave whenever they want. Think about being able to pick up the phone and call someone for guidance and advice on almost anything, from buying a car, selling a home, buying vacation properties, or even selling a business. Reach out on the website at monarchwealthmanagement.com. There are two offices in Rochester and two offices in Buffalo. Reach out to us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. Or call us toll-free at 800-480-1580. That's 800-480-1580. Until next time, this is Pennywise Financial, signing off. in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, and SIPC.